UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, howling in the street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have another fascinating guest with me today. Today I have someone who did a past life regression on me before, um, and it was amazing. It was probably one of the best past life regressions I've ever had in my entire life, and I've had five in, in, throughout the whole course of doing this podcast in the last two and a half years. And who I'm speaking of is uh, Fiona Harris. She's from Western, she's an energy healer from Western Canada. She's a hypnotherapist and specializes in past life regression. She has the ability to read lives and connect with the client's past selves in order to heal current issues. Today, we're going to talk about her experiences in regards to ET contact and the high strangeness associated with that. So I want to give her a big warm welcome. And, uh, and Fiona, thank you for joining me. How are you? Hello, Robert. I'm good. How are you? Great. It's been a long time. Well, it's been, I think it's been a year since we did that regression and like a lot's changed since then. Like I moved into a new place and, um, mm -hmm. and now you found out you're having ET contact, but like, do you, was it really that strange or did you think, did you think that this was coming for some time that like you had these memories and they were kind of starting to piece yeah. together? Yeah. So if you asked me last year, Oh, you know, are you an ET experiencer? I probably would have kind of said, I would have said, no, not really. I've had some weird occurrences, but I'm definitely not one of those people that was like taken aboard a craft or anything like that. Um, and I've worked with lots of experiencers. So I've done lots of regression work. And so many times a client will come, they'll be like, you know, Fiona, this weird thing happened to me back in 1981. And it's always bugged me. I just want to regress and see, you know, what was around it. So I do a regression with the client and the stuff that was coming up was completely insane. And um, I never felt like I was always interested in working with those people, but I've never been super into kind of like UFOs or aliens. I was like more into ghosts and, and past lives, um, but definitely wanting to like, you know, help anybody out who wanted to, you know, bring back some memories or try to get healing for traumas or issues. Um, and then last year I was working with lots of clients and I was sitting at home one day, just thinking about all the random weird things that had happened to me in my past. And all of a sudden I went, Oh my God, this recurring dream I had from like the age of probably four up to about eight suddenly kind of came into my mind and what the dream was and the first time I had the dream I was four in the dream I'm at my grandma's house in her backyard and there's this hole in her yard and I'm in the hole so I'm kind of like up to my chest 
can't move my arms. And I look and this gate opens and these two boys come into the backyard. Now being a little white girl in 1971 in Calgary, Alberta, I thought they were Mexican because their skin was kind of like, almost like a pecan color, like a light tan color. Um, and they wore what in my, maybe from watching cartoons, I was like, those are Mexican ponchos. It kind of looked like a Mexican blanket type outfit, kind of a cream color and maybe like a bit of a salmon pink or orange. Um, these two boys, they're twins, bald. They walk up, they don't talk to me. They come straight up to me and I'm kind of stuck in a hole and they took this little stick and they twiddled it in my nose. And the dream kind of went on to some other things that I don't know if they have anything to do with my experience, but I had recurring dreams about these guys for years. So we would move. We moved a lot as a kid, which is why I'm actually really easily able to figure out like timelines for things. We moved um, across the street and down the block. And as soon as we moved, I had a dream that I looked out my window and there they were across the street. And then they were at my screen door and I looked in, out the screen door and I was like, you guys, you have to go away. My mom's going to be mad. And they wouldn't listen. They just came in. And as an adult, I realized they weren't Mexican boys. I thought they were boys because they were about four feet tall. I realized like, oh my God, I think those, I think those guys were aliens. And I what's have a question? I, I want mm -hmm. more of like a statement. Well, yeah. basically, what I was thinking was, and you you know this from doing regressions, those could be screen memories that they put. It, like they could make you think that they were Mexican because they might have put that image in your head, to, so you wouldn't well, be scared. They didn't even look Mexican. It was just me calling them that. Like I was like, "Ooh, they're brown, and they're wearing ponchos." Um, when I look at them in my mind now, the way their faces are, I'm like, oh no, those are, those are like typical grays, but I wouldn't say that they were gray. They weren't gray in color. They had bigger heads that were like maybe a little bit bigger up here, completely bald. Their faces were just impassive, like no emotion at all, small mouths. Um, I wouldn't say they had really, they didn't have like the big black almond eyes. They had more like small eyes with maybe almost like a bit of a protruding eyelid i think the total the complete face isn't like so strong in my memory um but what's weird is i started getting nosebleeds at age four like chronic nosebleeds and my mom was like you know what's going on like why is this happening to your nose and i said to her a boy stuck a tiddlywink up my nose and you probably don't know what a tiddlywink is. It was just like a little flat plastic disc. It was like this little toy. You press one plastic disc against the other, it flipped them across like a table. So I, I insisted, I said, a boy stuck a tiddlywink up my nose. And I had, every time more contact would happen over the years, I'd always get chronic nosebleeds. So um, that was happening. I had this weird occur, and the, my mom would come to my bedroom in the morning and I wouldn't be sleeping in my bed. I'd be sleeping in my closet. And I had a basement bedroom. There was lots of spiders and it was a cold, like hard floor, but I felt safer sleeping in my closet on the floor than I did sleeping in my bed. So that was kind of another thing that was happening. But what also was going on was at this really young age, like this was like probably 1971, 
this little four-year-old girl suddenly becomes completely obsessed with the paranormal. Like I went from just being like a little kid, just playing to being like, you know, I need to know every single thing there is to know about ghosts and witches and, and ESP. And funnily enough, I had no interest in UFOs or aliens at all. Like I never had it. And it wasn't, I didn't feel scared of it and I didn't feel repulsed by it. It seemed very boring to me. Like, I don't know, alien craft. I was like, that's just like a car. Like, I don't really care about that. Um, I have another memory from that time. <laughs> I remember being in a really large, dark room, um, like massive. And there was probably like 80 or 90 people in there. Everyone just sitting on chairs in the dark. Um, like not pitch black, but like a very, very dim, dim room sitting there. And in my mind, I thought, um, how does the universe, like, you know, when people think about infinity, that was when I had my moment with infinity. I was like, I was like, where's the end of the universe? When does the universe end? You know, if it ends, what's on the other side? Like that kind of thought. And I wonder now that memory of being in that dark room, thinking about the universe, not hundred percent sure, but maybe I was going somewhere in a craft and that's what made me think about the universe so so that was another thing that was going on um I never really the, all those little memories were just little bits and pieces I didn't think about um the next thing that happened was when I was 11 and this was just a dream and so when I was 11 it was probably about 1978 and I had a dream that I was at a truck stop in the United States, which I'm in Canada, but I knew it was the US. It was a truck stop with a giant gravel parking lot. And I was with a man in black kind of guy, except at the time, I don't think um, that was like part of like what was on TV or anything. The guy looked like a military guy, very, very stern, kind of short hair, a big old kind of 70s car. And there was an a man with us who was about seven feet tall, very, very pale, um, bald, wearing a blue, I thought it was a blue tracksuit, um, very kind of non-human. And I was so deeply in love with this tall blue person um, or this tall guy dressed in blue for an 11 year old girl, it felt like the love of my life. Um, and this was our last day we got to be together. I had been working with this alien and this military guy was like in charge of us. And it was the last time I could ever see him. We were saying goodbye. And we were like eating at a diner in the truck stop and I could barely eat. I was like sipping this orange juice and my heart was just breaking. We walked outside. I said goodbye to him. And oh my God, Robert, the feeling of heartbreak was so strong. He and this military guy got in the car and they drove away and I just stood in this gravel pad or whatever. I woke up bawling my eyes out. I called my mom and said like, mom, I'm sick. I can't go to school. I stayed home, cried all day. I was depressed for <clears throat> probably weeks. And again, a whole bunch of nosebleeds started happening. Um, and after that, my interest in the paranormal just kind of 
went down. I kind of went through puberty, was like thinking more about boys and clothes and, and music and all of that. Um, and it kind of like everything left me. I had a regular life after that, had some paranormal stuff, but not really. And then when I was about 24, I'm sitting in my room with my boyfriend smoking a cigarette and I feel something roll down my head. It felt like, like, you know, when you have a popcorn acoustic ceiling and I don't know, sometimes you might imagine that maybe some of that white stuff from the ceiling might fall. This thing rolled down my head and then it flew across the room and it looked like a little white pill. It wasn't glowing. It looked chalky, but it was like the size of like an aspirin. And I watched it fly away and it disappeared. And I said to my boyfriend, like, oh my God, did you see that? And he didn't. And then I heard a man's voice in my head say, it's time. And I was just like, oh my God, it's time to be psychic again. And I instantly was back in my total obsession with stuff like this, right? Um, and I saw the white thing again, like about a week later, I'm getting out of the shower and I see it fly past me. Like people would say, oh, it looks like an orb. I always think that orbs glow. This didn't glow. It looked very solid. It literally looked like a pill that flew and then disappeared. Heard the guy's voice again say, it's time. I immediately was at bookstores because there was still like, this was like 93 or 94. Um, no internet yet went to a bookstore, was like looking for like the occult section because there wasn't a spirituality section yet, like starting to be like, okay, what do I need to do here? Ended up um, getting trained in Reiki and from the get-go, just weird stuff going on. So my kind of belief um, based upon just what I'm, you know, thinking about or, or knowing about is that the work that I do was possibly instigated by those guys, maybe. Um, maybe I'm meant to be doing healing. I'm not 100% sure exactly like what, why I might have been going, you know, having these occurrences or having these visitations. Yeah, so. it makes me think that like they, they like they because you hear this a lot with contactees that like a lot of contactees are psychic and that they're healers and like and it makes me think that maybe that this was done for this time to kind of like get people to open up to their abilities that because maybe we're transforming to like a new earth where people are more open to this stuff. It seems <clears> like <throat> that's happening every day. Right. Yep. You, you, I think we said before the show, you said this world's becoming more magical. Like people are really starting to open up more to their abilities. Right. Yeah. They really, they truly are. And I think different people have different jobs. Let's say, let's say experiencers or contactees. Um, Cause you hear about people talking about hybrid stuff. They're like, Oh my God, I've had all these babies. You know, I had all these, you know, medical things happen to me. Um, I've never had anything like that. I've never had anything happen that would lead me to believe that, you know, I had an alien baby or anything like that. Like it's just never happened. Um, so maybe some people are going to be healers. Other people maybe are having hybrid babies. You know, other people are, are doing other things. Like I think there's lots of roles and I think there's way, way more contactees than we could ever imagine. 
I, I, I agree. Now, the, the, one of the interesting things that you, you said that before this show, too, was when you were working with um, the contactee, Terry Lovelace, who's a friend of mine. He's a friend of yours. Like, and people who watch my show should know who he is. Like, and um, can you get into that? Like, what happened? And is that kind of what triggered you to think yeah. that you, something was happening? 100%. First, um, I was talking to Terry today, and he just wanted to say hi to you. Um, I think he said, oh, you know, Robert reached out to me and I haven't got back to him. He's super crazy busy right now. Um, but I messaged him and I was like, oh my God, Terry, I'm going on Robert's show tonight and I'm going to talk about my experience. I'm really stressed out. So he got back to me and um, he's actually going to LA next week to uh, film something for a show on Netflix. That's awesome. And he's also um, in the process of writing a third book and it's almost done, ready to be published. Oh, wow. And it's going to be so, it's not about, UFOs, it's actually about um, a woman who has a near-death experience, but also lots of paranormal stuff. Um, he let me read the first chapter, and I love a good scary book. It gave me almost like, you know the movie The Conjuring? Like, it yeah. kind of gave me the Conjuring vibes. The first chapter, I was like, oh, shit, this is actually kind of scary, and I love scary stuff. Is, so, it, is it based off a true story? Is he writing yeah, fiction? Yeah, it's based off a woman um, that he, because a lot of people have written him, like, they read his two books, and then they email him, and they're yeah. like, oh, my God, this happened to me, and I guess she is someone with a really compelling story, so he he wrote about it. Oh, wow. I so, can't wait to read it. I'm, I, I, that sounds so interesting. That sounds so cool, honestly. Uh, when it comes out, you should have him on the show to talk about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I reached yeah. out to him, like, recently, because I hadn't talked to him in a while, and I wanted to see, yeah. like... He's you know, like, going to get back to you. His life is crazy right now, like crazy. So you'll be talking to him soon. So anyways, Terry. So Terry and I, um, Terry expressed an interest in you know, learning how to do hypnosis. So I gave him a script and he, and I said, just do the script, trust your gut. I'm really, really easy to hypnotize just because I'm a hypnotherapist. I do it all the time. So he's like, okay, you know, let's do this. Um, I wanted to know, what did I ask him about? I asked, I think it was I asked about, this was when I'd realized that the Mexican boys were actually aliens. So I told Terry about this and he's like, oh, that's creepy. And I said, I wanna know about the Mexican boys. So he hypnotizes me. And what I do in regressions is when a client comes to a moment of trauma in a past life or whatever it is, I'll say, okay, let's get the present you to go in and rescue your past self, take them to a safe place and let's comfort them. So I go back in time to 1971 and I see like how little I was. I didn't realize like how little of little four-year-old Fiona is in this giant bed and all this stuff is happening. Um, and I could see she had a, f she had weird feelings of guilt because she wasn't allowed to talk about what was going on. Um, so she felt very, very alone. So I said, oh, I'm going to help this girl. So I take this little girl, float with her to a safe place, which to me is a beautiful garden. So I get her to the garden. I think I'm going to comfort her and hug her, but she wants to fly around. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. So I'm flying. I'm like, oh, Terry, me and this girl are just flying around the garden. Oh, no, we're flying up. We're just kind of going on a trajectory and we're going and going and going into like 
space. And often clients will go into space, like in life between lives, when they go into space, that's kind of like where they end up going to source. So I'm like, oh yeah, you know, we're going to somewhere else. And then I look and I see this giant structure or ship massive. It was almost like, it was like the color of the rest of the galaxy. So it was almost like the galaxy had turned solid and it was like cloaked, I guess, right? So we there's an open ledge and we float up and I'm like, oh my God, is this really happening? So during hypnosis, as you know, you're conscious, you know, you're in your room, you're seeing images, stuff is coming up, but you're, you're also able to kind of analyze it. So I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, am I really, what, are we on a ship? Like what is going to be inside? We walk almost like through a bubble because it was open. It was like a giant, massive, like almost like an airport hangar or something. We walk through this bubble. We come inside. The air's very thin inside. The air just felt thin. I don't exactly know what that means. Um, we're in this gigantic dark room. And there's a light above. And there's a hospital bed just below this light and on the hospital bed is a big gray alien, not a little four foot one, a longer one. And it's all dark, almost like it's going rotten. And I think it was dead or unconscious. And my little young self, I'm holding her by the hand and I'm like, okay, something's happening here. She needs to go up and touch this alien or look at this alien. It's a fear for her. So I walk up with her and I'm like, hey, and I lift up its arm. It's got like three or four fingers. I don't really know. I lift its arm up and I drop it. And I look at the little girl. I'm like, you can do that. It's okay. Like, you don't be afraid to look at this dead alien. So she kind of comes over and does the same thing. And then I turn. And so it's like giant high ceilings but it almost kind of like went down a bit on the edges, right? So the ceiling's a bit lower. I look over and in the darkness, there's all of these aliens, like a couple of different kinds. So there's the Mexican boys and probably like a bunch of them. There's, and it's weird because I had names for all of them, which is so weird. I had like these kid names, the Mexican boys. The other ones, I call them the bug men and they look like giant kind of insectoid, kind of mantis type things, black, creepy as hell. And then there was like this one tall white, not like the not like the man in blue that I was like in love with. It was like he had a giant head and he was kind of like the leader. And he came up to the little girl and he kneels down and he just takes her hand and almost like puts his head on her hand like this. And I could tell that this was just them helping her to heal. They were like, hey, you know, we weren't all bad. You know, I know we took you up on the ship and did all this stuff, but you know, you probably asked for it before you were born or your higher self made this plan. I don't know, um, but they were giving her back power. Like she felt more powerful. Um, after that, I think I just took her back me and Terry were like, oh my God. And I was like, Terry, like, I don't know if I believe this. And I always, and clients say to me all the time, they'll have a past life regression. They'll go, I think I made that up. 
And I'll say, well, did you purposefully make it up? And they'll go, no, I think my mind made it up. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's how regressions work. You know, your mind tells you what's going on. So I didn't believe it, but here's where things get spooky. So I say, thanks to Terry. We, you know, close down the zoom. I go into a bunch of stuff and I was watching Netflix. I don't know. Did you watch the show Snowpiercer? No, it was like this. Is it good? I really liked it. It's like this train. It's like the end of the world. The world's frozen. The train is on this giant track and there's like factions fighting. So I'm watching Snowpiercer and I'd actually was watching it and paused it. Um, so I went back to the spot and in this episode, there's like a woman on the train named Melanie and she left the train to try to like do something and kind of disappeared. And everyone's like, okay, she's dead. She froze to death. So this one episode was her ghost coming on the train and kind of helping out a few people on the train. <laughs> and she had a daughter on the train who actually was part of the other faction, the bad people. And she was close to the man who was the leader. So I press play. Melanie comes up to her daughter and is helping her with whatever emotional things are going on. And then the daughter wants to go see um, the leader, the bad guy who is in a hospital bed in one of like the cars. They go there, the room is dim. There's this light shining on this hospital bed with the man who was evil, but it was also very helpful. And Melanie, this ghost adult lady has her daughter by the hand and is like, hey, you know, it's okay to love this guy. And it mirrored exactly what had just happened in my session was me, the adult ghostly Fiona, taking my young self to this hospital bed. So for me, it was synchronicity in this TV show. That, That's fascinating. Yeah. Well, you know what else was weird was um, Breaking Bad. So I don't know if you watched Breaking Bad. I feel like everybody did. I watched so, the show, yeah. Okay. So you know the two Mexican brothers that are twins and bald and don't talk? Oh, when I, I saw, thought of that. Yeah, that's right. You know, so when I saw them, I was like, I got a weird feeling, but I didn't put it to like the, to those Mexican boys, but I'd see these two guys not talking, doing stuff. And I was like, oh, those guys give me the creeps. They remind me of something. I don't know what it was. It was that, but you know, Mike in the show. Yeah. So you know how Mike was so tall and pale and kind of like wrecked looking like he'd been a boxer. Well, he reminded me of the guy in blue that I was so in love with, like not attractive, kind of damaged looking, like the, the guy in blue that I was interacting with also looked kind of damaged. Like he was like, I don't know, a UFC fighter or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was raggedy. So watching Breaking Bad, I was like, that's kind of weird little parallels. Um, but here's a crazy thing. So there's an artist, his name is David Huggins. Um, he is a lifelong experiencer um, and he paints the images that he experiences of all these different aliens. So sometime after I had my session with Terry, I'm on Reddit or something. And someone mentions like David, David Huggins and his book was called, I actually wrote it down, Love in the Alien Purgatory. And someone put a link to it and there's pictures. I click on the pictures and Robert, he's got this tall, 
guy in a blue pantsuit, a tall, white, bald guy. It looks exactly like my guy, except his guy had an antenna on the back of the head. And I, I don't think mine had that. I don't remember. Um, but he also had like those insect looking, like those insect looking guys. And even the ship looked the same as well. So I'm looking at these pictures going, this guy has obviously experienced exactly like pretty much the same maybe group of people. Um, yeah, so. it's, it's something like in the collective consciousness or, you know, it's like, uh, it's like the, we or or you're having the, like, it's, yeah, I, it's hard for me to put the words together. Like, but it's exciting though, because it means that like, it gives you validation mm -hmm. that you, that you're not like imagining this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And especially because I am as much as like, I'm super open. I've had lots of, you know, me and my sister saw Sasquatch and I've, and I've summoned UFOs by accident and I've had witnesses to them both times. Um, even though I have all that validation, I'm still like super skeptical at the same time. Like, like you can kind of hold a bunch of different truths at the same time. Like I can say, you know, I believe I had these experiences I believe they may be real. Maybe they're not. Maybe, I, I don't know. I'm not going to be like so steadfast and like, and be like, this is real. This is true. I definitely have to be open to the fact that this is very plausible and maybe probable as well. Right. Yeah. What, what happened with your Sasquatch encounter? And then what happened when you called in UFOs? I'd love to hear about both of those. Okay. So interesting. The Sasquatch thing, well, and this is another kind of weird thing. So this was probably, it was right around the time of, of when I had the dream about the blue guy. I call him the blue guy because his, his suit was blue. I always have these childhood names, right? The Bugman, the blue guy, the Mexican boys, Mushroom Head was like the name of like the guy with the big head, right? So me and my sister... We're visiting. We, we had moved away to Victoria, BC, came back to Calgary to visit my grandma for the summer. And I was probably 11 or 12. My sister was like 10 or 11 a year behind me. Um, we'd always stay up late watching TV and we shared a room upstairs. So we go to bed. It's probably like two in the morning. It's summertime in Calgary. Nobody had AC back then. So rooms are very hot screen screen windows on every window we're lying in bed just kind of talking like oh that was a good show we were watching and we hear a sound outside that i've never it was a loud roaring and it sounded like an animal but it was like loud like i'd almost say it was like roaring like a lion like we didn't really know a lot about animals but that was our guess so um my sister, who was younger than me, but also braver, stood up on the bed and looked out the window. And the second she looked out, she crouched back down and she looks at me and she goes, it's a Sasquatch. And of course I didn't believe her. So I stood up and looked out the window and my grandparents, it was a normal house with a normal sized backyard with a big parking pad out on the alley. Um, where their house was, there was kind of a corner. So there was actually a street light and clear as day, there's this creature and I could gauge how tall he was just by the garbage cans. 
I would say that the creature was probably about seven feet tall and it kind of looked like an ape or a gorilla. I could tell it was male. I couldn't see genitals, but it had a masculine build. It had longer brown hair, like the hairs were maybe that long. Um, you could kind of see his chest through it. It was darker around his crotch area. Um, his arms were longer than what normal arms would be. And he was ripping through my grandparents' garbage and he was making so much noise that to this day, I still can't believe that not every single person in the neighborhood was up and outside. It was so loud. Me and my sister took turns. We'd watch for like a few seconds. We jumped down. We were like kind of laughing and a little bit almost screaming. But we thought that if it hurt us, it could be across the yard in like 10 seconds and just rip through the screen. So we were really scared. We were like, God, like we knew it was a Sasquatch. We hadn't heard of Sasquatches attacking anybody. Usually people just saw them briefly. The fact, and my grandparents didn't live in a rural area. This was in the middle of the city. There's no forest anywhere. It's literally houses, 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 school field, houses, 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 a 7-Eleven and a gas station, that kind of area. So we're kind of screeching and giggling. My grandpa wakes up and he comes and he slams the door open. He's like, you guys get to bed. You're making so much noise. And we said, grandpa, there's a Sasquatch outside. And he was like, get in your bed. And we're like, listen to it. You can still hear it roaring. And he's like, you guys get in bed and be quiet. And he leaves. And we're lying in bed, you know, like, oh my God, we just got in trouble from grandpa. And then the thing left. Next morning, we get up, we look out the window, garbage all over the ground. Like the garbages were just torn apart. The neighbor's garbage was torn apart. Go into the kitchen and grandma and grandpa are like, oh, it was just a bear. You guys just saw a bear. You don't know what a bear looks like. And me and my sister are like, this looked nothing like a bear. And my uncle's like, maybe it was a guy dressed up as a gorilla. And we're like, costumes just weren't that good in 1978 or whatever. So anyway, years and years later, when I was like probably in my early 30s, my grandpa had a stroke and I was taking care of him. And we got really close. And he brought that up one day. And he said, Fiona. I like he was a mountain man like he was a hunter he grew up in you know a rural area and he said in all my years of hunting I'd never heard any animal make the sound that that animal made and he said you know Fiona I was too afraid to look out the window I wish I had but I was actually he said that his fight or flight kicked in and he was just like you guys be quiet and he just wanted us to shut up and let that thing disappear. Like he was too afraid to look and it's too bad. If he looked and he saw it, everybody would believe us. But he, he said, Fiona, it wasn't a bear. The sound it made was nothing I've ever heard. So that was our Sasquatch story. But what's weird was I go home after that. We go back to Victoria and it was that was one of the first times I ever experienced the Mandela effect because I came back to Victoria and all of a sudden there was all these weird things that were different. And I was a really good speller. And all of a sudden all these things were misspelled, but this was like 1978. And I just thought I was crazy. Like I sat there, I was like, Looney Tunes, you know, um, 
anemones, like like the little sea anemones, because we lived in Victoria, everything was spelled differently. Like all of a sudden I went from being a really good speller to really sucking at spelling. And I remember just thinking that I was crazy. And that was one of the first times I ever saw a ghost as well. So everything kind of happened in a short period of time, like this, like the dream about the blue guy, seeing the Sasquatch, getting nosebleeds again, um, and then having like seeing ghosts. And one of the times I saw the ghost with my sister. So again, there was confirmation. Um, did, how did she feel about it when you saw the ghost? Like, what was her reaction? Like, what, like, what, do you remember? We, like, yep. So it was one evening. <clears throat> so this was fall now because we'd gotten back from Victoria and we had some money. We put our roller skates on so we could roller skate to the store to like get a bottle of a glass bottle of Coke for 30 cents because it was way, way back. And across the street from our house was this big house and our friend Kristen lived there but they had actually moved to another town and they were renting out the space to a woman but they would actually come back on the weekends once in a while um because they were all friends and we're roller skating in the parking lot of our kind of our apartment buildings and we both look up we go oh my god christy's home her attic window is lit up and she's looking out the window like this but her hair is in a bun and her face was blurred out but it was her like it looked like her to us because we would only assume that that would be Christy and even though her face was blurred out it felt normal to us for some weird reason so we went we roller skated got up on her porch knocked on the door and the woman who was renting the house opened the door and we're like oh hey Robin um can Christy come out and she was like well Christy's not here and we're like, no, yes, she is. We just saw her up in the attic bedroom. This poor woman was petrified. She was like, no one's here in the house except for me. And we're like, well, no, the light's on. She's looking out the window. And she kind of got mad. She's like, go, go away. Like, leave me alone. Shut the door. And we just roller skated to the store. We didn't look back in the window. We didn't really talk about it. We went and bought some like candy or pop or whatever. We came back. And we kind of talked about it. We were like, but we wouldn't look at the window again because now we're kind of scared. Suppose she's still there with her blurred out face. Um, it just seemed, it didn't seem normal to us. It seemed freaky, but we didn't really talk about it after that. Like it was just one of those weird, same with the Sasquatch. Like you tell a few people, nobody believes you and then you just shut up, right? So we didn't really because talk it was about a different that. time back then. It was like it was like it was like taboo to talk about that kind of stuff. Even when I grew up, I'm 43, so I grew up in the 80s. Like it was yeah. like totally taboo to talk about any kind of like ET contact or paranormal. Like I mean, they would it's, have like I don't know if you it's remember, still like, taboo a bit. <laughs> yeah, if, I don't know if you remember like back in the day that you would have those movies on like on Saturday afternoons, like on like Channel 11. They would always have horror movies though. Like you know, like that was like. It was like Saturday matinee. I don't know if they had that in Canada, but they had it here in the States. Like, I remember that. And I remember I was always like real into the paranormal, like, you know, too. But like, I only had like, like very minuscule experiences. Like I had an experience with the old hag when I was a kid. I had sleep paralysis and I, it really happened. You know, I was, mm -hmm. it, I mean, from what I can gather, it really happened. You know, like I just, I was sleeping in my bed. I was a kid and I, I was like, paralyzed but i could open my eyes and i opened my eyes and this old 
tag type thing like came on me and it like came on my chest like sat on my chest or whatever and it like was like sucking the energy out of me and then like I, I remember I was like just trying to fight so bad to move and I woke up and it seemed like it was all gone like and but it all seemed so real as it was happening you know but how old were you when that happened what's that how old were you when that happened? Oh, I had to be like eight years old. But like what, what I was thinking was I, I think that like dreams can be alternate realities too. Oh, yeah. you know, like I think our dreams are just another form of reality that we're experiencing. Like, because like, yeah. you know, like when we, when you regress someone and you know, this, like from regressions, it seems like, it seems like you're going into another reality there too. Like you're a- accessing something from the Akashic records that like is there to be found. And it's like, I don't know. It's like you can relive that experience again, you know, whatever it was, you know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned that you had that sleep paralysis, we'll call it with the old hag. <laughs> Two things about that. When you were eight, this is probably like early eighties, mid eighties kind of thing, probably. Right. Yeah. Um, that kind of syndrome wasn't anything that was talked about yet. So I don't think that that was in the mainstream media. Because I didn't hear about that till probably like, you know, with the advent of the internet, that kind of came into being where people talked about it. But you also told me before we started the recording that you had that experience again. Well, yeah. Or something was touching you in bed. It's it's similar. I had some kind of entity in here recently. I've talked about it on the show before. I don't know what it Mm -hmm. was. Like, I have no clue. I, I don't know if you can be opened up from like doing like podcasts or like, you know, like if you don't clear you your can. energy field. hundred percent, hundred percent. You can. Um, I notice when I work with clients, a lot of times clients become more psychic. So, so our energy and you're, you're, ha- you're having all these different people on these people are talking to you as they're talking to you. They're teaching you things as they tell you their experiences, you're learning you're connecting with them energetically. Um, it sounds like obviously there's a part of you that can open at night and um, and you're kind of open to having these weird things happen. Um, I used to get bothered at night, not with spirits like grabbing me or hanging on to me, but more like spirits maybe coming in my room wanting help. So I finally had to make a law at night. I'd say when my door closes, no one's allowed to ever come in my room at all. I need to sleep. Um, and it's so funny because I did that for years. And probably after doing it for like six years, this was maybe about seven years ago. Um, one night I got up to pee and I came back to bed and I kind of had a rule. If it was like five in the morning, I could leave my door open now. My door could be open. Maybe some heat from the hallway would come in. But at this time, I it was four in the morning and I was like, it's kind of close to five. So I crawl into bed. The second I crawl into bed, I look at my doorway. I swear to God, this is going to sound crazy. You know how this was when Slenderman was a thing. I didn't yeah, know about Slenderman because I'm a, I'm an adult mother. My kids knew about Slenderman, but I looked in my doorway and there was this thing in my doorway because I left my door open. It's weird. It was in the doorway, but it was bigger than the doorway. And I can't explain that. It filled the doorway, but somehow it was bigger. And it was a dark person with a pinstripe suit that was like super, super tall and thin. And I knew that I was awake because I'd just gone to the bathroom. I just washed my hands. It came in the room and it immediately got on me. 
And I wasn't afraid because I do this work for a living. I, I thought, wow, the one time I leave the door open, it was like they were waiting for me. And I didn't express fear and it felt neutral. It felt like it was on me, like, oh, I want to do something, but I don't know what. And I was just like, oh yeah, no, you have to go. And it was like, okay. And it just kind of like lumbered out of the room and disappeared. And then I like got up and shut my door and I was like, okay, don't leave the door open anymore, Fiona. So um, you can make a rule for yourself. You know, you just have to say like with intent, like at night when I turn my lamp off or the second my blankets are on or when I shut the door or when I set my alarm, that's it. No one's allowed to bug me. You just make that rule and be very kind of implicit with it. And your word is law in your own universe, right? Yeah, that, that, so, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, but, but obviously you're open to that kind of nighttime event. I'm somewhat psychic. I'm somewhat sensitive. I mean, I'm like, I'm intuitive. You know what I yeah. mean? I'm highly intuitive with like, I get psychic nudge. I always tell people I get psychic nudges and I get psychic warnings. Like I'll get like a vision in my head of something that's going to happen. Like before it happens, usually it's more something bad that's going to happen than good. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, I wish you didn't tell me that whoever's whatever's telling me that. Like I always really? say that, like, I don't know why. And then sometimes I'll get psychic. I call them psychic nudges. Cause it's like something that tells me like to do something like how I met my ex was a psychic nudge. Like, and or, or like um it's just like weird things even like um like what sports seem to pick like or something like that like you know like it's it's uh mm -hmm. usually I'm, I'm right most of the time but i can't give people readings i'm not that i'm not that psychic at least not yet but maybe mm -hmm. once i open up maybe maybe i will be i, I don't know but um, oh he definitely will be see i'm not good at that so i don't get premonitions um <clears throat> I don't get nudges. I don't, and I'm like, please give me a nudge. I want a premonition. I don't get any of that. When people say, Oh, can you read my future? I'm like, no, I can't. I can read your past, but I can't, I can read your past because time isn't linear. Um, I can't read your future because you're going to make it what it is yourself. I can't read your choice. Right. So um, once in a while, I'll get like a little nudge for something, but it's, pretty rare that's not my area of expertise like i'm i'm for healing and opening people up like that's what i'm supposed to do yeah i was gonna say the best uh, as we're closing up finishing up here the best past life i've had five like i said i've had five past life regressions done and the best one i got done was from you you were able to get me hypnotized so deep i've never been that deep now that i think back on it and then I remember having to go to the bathroom. I remember having to pee like really bad, like after we were done, because I think that was, like you said, that was all the, 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 the healing that like took place. Like that's like yeah. the flushing out of your system and not just that, but like the, it, everything seems so vivid and real. And, yeah. and, and uh, it just seemed like, and like the pain that I experienced in the regression was very real. Like the dying part, you know, like I felt it in this life, you know, it was very, it was very, so I would re highly recommend anybody to get a, I mean, I, 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 I thought it was amazing, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I'd like to put the word up too. Like if people um, are feeling like maybe they've had um, an experience that they might think is ET related, um, feel free to hit me up and we can talk about it and maybe schedule a regression. Um, every client I've had so far 
who said, you know, I had this experience. It was really weird. Every single one of them comes out of the session, just like I did with Terry going, holy moly, like this is insane. I can't believe this happened. And that's why I'm led to believe a lot more people are starting to wake up to it and open up to it because the people that I've worked on are regular people. They're not really into psychic stuff. You know, one person's a geologist. One person's like an older lady. Um, they have these experiences that they don't really think is very much of anything until the regression happens. And then they, me, even for me too, right? Like it's, it's amazing work and all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. All I'm doing as a hypnotherapist is bringing you into a deeply relaxed state, like a meditative state. And I'm just guiding you to open things up yourself. So, and that's one thing people worry about. Like, suppose you plant false memories into me. That doesn't happen. That's not how it works. Like you're, first of all, you're conscious. So you, you're listening to everything I say. I'm not going to be like, you went on a flying saucer. Tell me about that. It's more like, tell me about that night that you saw that light in your room. You know, yeah, what happened next? What, what happened you don't next? lead people is what you're saying, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and all good hypnotherapists don't. It's very rare that you'd ever find someone that leads anyone now. Maybe back in the 70s or the 60s, they just didn't know. No one leads anybody anymore. So, yeah. and you're awake and aware the whole time. So, yeah, if anyone wants to hit me up and and go back to some of those weird mysteries from their childhood where they ended up with grass stains on their feet or a bright light was in their room and they've always wondered, um, then yeah, we didn't get to talk about the UFO summoning, but maybe we can talk about that some other time if you don't well, have if time. You wanna, if you want to mention it real quick, I mean, you can't. Yeah, I, mean, I will. For sure. Uh, yeah, if you want to talk about it. Yeah, and then yeah. we can finish up. Yeah, but, yeah for sure. I'm interested in hearing about it. So again, this was at a time when my kids were little and I wasn't focusing on spiritual stuff at all. Um, I had a, I have a cousin who's quite a number of years younger than me. So I was probably like 38 and he was probably about 14 and he was coming to stay with us for a few days. And my aunt said to me, Oh, you know, Chris is kind of interested in UFOs. So if you want to, um, you know, have a conversation with them, that's something he likes. So I'm like, Oh, I'm going to look up. I found these like really weird morphing UFOs online. Um, do you remember? I don't know if you remember Jeff Rents. He was yeah, like this. Yeah, he's a radio host. I love Jeff Rents. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. yeah. So way, so way back then, I don't know how I ended up on this Jeff Rents website, but there was this older man from Cornwall who was one of those people that takes amazing pictures of UFOs, and he had all these pictures, and one of them he called it a morphing UFO, so it changed shape. And the pictures were like weird red lights that were like morphing. And I was like, oh, that's really creepy. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to show this to Chris. He's going to like this. So I go online, morphing UFOs, Jeff Rents, and it's gone. And I'm like, what the hell? So I'm looking online, searching, where's the morphing UFOs? I can't find them. I look for a few days. Chris goes home, couldn't find them online. I'm washing dishes. It's summertime. I have this big kitchen window. Um, bright outside still it's like daylight until 10 o'clock up here in the summer right I'm washing dishes and i look outside and off in the distance i see a little black helium balloon that's just floating along and i'm like oh you know someone lost their balloon and what do you do when you see a helium balloon 
you watch it till it disappears, right? That's just what you do. So yeah. I'm watching it and all of a sudden it burst. Like, and so it looked like an ink spot. And I was like, oh, maybe it's like so high up that the atmosphere exploded it. So I'm looking at it. And then all of a sudden it goes into the shape of what looks like the Batman emblem. And I'm like, oh no, it's a bat. Like, even though logically I know the Batman emblem isn't a bat, like it's a drawing of a bat, but it's not a real bat. I'm like, oh yeah, it's a bat. And then it went into like, you know, when people draw a bird, they make a V shape. Yeah. It went into a V shape like a bird. And I'm like, oh no, it's a bird. Oh no, it's a balloon. Oh no, it's a broken balloon. So it's changing shape as it's going across my window. So my husband who hates all of this stuff, doesn't believe it. Don't talk about it. Like, shh. he comes in the kitchen. I'm like, Hey, Guto, look. And he looks, I don't say anything to him. He goes, he goes, Oh yeah, it's a balloon. Oh no, no, it's broken. And then he goes, Oh no, it's a bat. It's a bird. And also he goes, no, it's two birds. All of a sudden this balloon thing turned into two like V-shaped birds, just moving and moving. We're just watching it like it's nothing. Now this was before, this was when digital cameras were maybe just starting to come out and a digital camera was like 800 bucks. We just had regular camera with film, which we probably didn't have film for. We would never have even thought to go and get a camera. We watched it, went into the dining room, watched it, went to the living room and watched these two little V-shaped things just float away. And he just goes, huh. And he goes downstairs to watch TV. And I'm like, huh. And I'm just washing dishes like it was nothing. And it was just black, black. It wasn't shiny. It wasn't glowing, didn't move fast. But definitely we both were like, it's a bat. It's a bird. It's a balloon. We both had the same words and descriptions for it. And I think I summoned it because what was I doing for the last four days? morphing ufo morphing ufo where's the morphing ufo and the morphing ufo was like okay fine here i am um oh, that's so cool yeah yeah and so then a few years later i'm at a water park with my younger son and his friend they're probably like nine and i don't know if his younger friend mentioned ufos or something and i said to his younger friend oh you know you can summon them sometimes if you just ask you can summon them and he was like really and i'm like yeah like, let's do it right now. And I look up at this big blue sky. It's a beautiful, hot, sunny day, no clouds. And I'm like, hey, can you show yourself? And all of a sudden, there's this little white orb way up in the sky, exactly where I was looking. My kid and his friends saw it. And all three of us are like, oh my God, like it's happening. I didn't even try. I was mostly just kind of doing it for the kids, right? Like, oh, let's see if we can make a UFO happen. So again, I summoned it. I've tried lots of other times. Like I've tried not lots of other times, but sometimes if I'm outside, I'll look at all the stars. I'll be like, show yourself to me. And it doesn't happen. Like I'm not trying and they don't. Day you had mom yeah. magic. You know? I guess. Yeah. Maybe because my kids was there. I don't know. So yeah. I should, I should sometimes preface. Moms this. can do special stuff like that, you know? And then the kids think, oh, wow. Like mom's like amazing. You know, like, or maybe, cool, maybe right? my son, maybe my son and his friend will always have that in the back of their mind. Like, okay, this is a thing that can be done. Right. My kids don't talk about it now. I should say one thing. Um, at this point now, 
I don't have any conscious contact with ETs. I don't know if I'm still going up on their ship at night. I don't feel like I am, but I didn't think I was before either. Um, I sleep very, very deeply. I often like can't remember my dreams. I fall asleep the second I turn my light off. I wake up at like six o'clock, totally wide awake. Um, I don't have, nothing tells me that I'm in contact with them. I do know I do spiritual work almost every day. So I'm in an altered state pretty much every single day. Um, but I don't, I don't have aliens coming and saying, Fiona, now you've got to do this. I wish I did. I wish I did have conscious contact with them, but I also don't try because I don't know, I have ADHD and I just don't have the patience to meditate or do any of that stuff. But yeah. so I don't know if they're a part of my life now, but they definitely were when I was young. Well, they say that a lot of people are abductees and they don't even know it. Like a lot of, they say that if they knew, like, I, I don't, can't remember who said that, but they said like a, a large part of our population are either contactees or abductees and they have no clue because like, 100%. They, they make it so like they put, you know, screen memories in your mind. So you don't think it's yep. like, um, something's happening, you know, like yep. it's, it's, uh, I don't know why they do that. I don't know why they don't just show themselves. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like why everything has to be so clandestine. But I don't know. I feel like, I feel like something big is coming and everyone has to be woken. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't have words for the system that I can see in my head, but there's a system going on and it's, it's has, it goes through all the times. I feel like we all need to heal as much as we can in our present life now and in our past lives um, one time when I was like working with a client, I kind of channeled he, this, this, th their guide said to me, you know, all of your lives are the bag. This life you have right now is like the string that ties the bag closed. So I feel like we have to like get everything together now. And when we get it together, that's when things are going to shift. And then I feel like there's so many people that are very much against that. And those are the people that are just freaking out on this planet right now like i was talking with like a friend who's just a regular person and then they were like fiona this world sucks now i thought it sucked 20 years ago now it really really sucks and it's like freaking me out because i feel like it can't get better and, and i said to him like no like i i think it's gonna get better. i think no i don't think it is from what i know from the magic that i've experienced it can't do anything but get better. Like I feel very, very positive about whatever's going on. I don't feel any fear. I don't feel any trepidation. Yes. I look at the news. I look at media. I listen to people and I'm like, Holy moly. Like everyone's got to calm down. Everyone's got to heal their trauma because everyone's in fear. And there's definitely like that, the fear side and the love side, go to the love side, stay away from the fear side. Don't look at it. Don't give it your attention. Turn your back away from fear. Just go into love. The more of us on this side that are like expressing this energy, it's going to start to pull everyone else in, you know? I agree. I yeah. Agree. I yeah. So that's, well that's our job. Heal, heal thyself and reach out and get healing and, and reach out and connect as much as you can with others. Connection is really important. And yeah. so doing things like podcasts like these allowing people to like talk about what they do super super important work so 
I'm glad that we have you. And I love doing podcasts. So yeah, we'll have to do another one soon. Like, you know, like we, we can maybe talk more about regressions or whatever, whatever you want to do. Yeah, we can, do we can like do a regression or something. Yeah. Yeah. We regression can do that. You. Or yeah, if you cool. find someone that wants to do a regression, maybe we can record it. Someone who thinks they might be a contactee and see what comes up. If someone feels super brave to do that kind of work. Um, I can tell you one thing, every client I've ever had who's done the work, not one of them has come out scared or nervous or worried. Every single one is emotional. There's often lots of tears, but everyone comes out going, oh my God, like this really happened or wow, like I, I always had a feeling, right? So I'm like, I'm not scared by the stuff, the stuff that I've learned about my, you know, past or my experiences, I feel excited about it. Like I'm excited. I want to know more, want to do more regressions and find out more stuff about it. Cause it's, it's absolutely fascinating to me. It really is. It really is like, because it's, 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 it, it just, it, it, we're, we're not told about this stuff. And it's like, it's like, we're all discovering this and it's all new stuff. So it's all, it's all very, so interesting. Right. It's, it's uh, and the fact that it's also hidden is so interesting as well. Like, you know, and, and the government does a good job of that. And, and, you know, they, because they know a lot more than they're telling us, you know, like the CIA used to do remote viewing for years, you know what I mean? Exactly. They've been working with psychics for years and they've been working with the paranormal for years too. Like, you know, they've been doing paranormal experiments and all that stuff. Like, so they, they know, you know, I mean, so now that, but, but now that we were, hopefully we're getting the power. You know, I, I hope that there's yeah, a shift going yeah. on, you know, well, but uh, look what, look at what you do. Like you, you're uncovering stuff and exposing these things to so many people. Like that's, that's like such important work, right? So you're part of, you're part of like the whole web of all of us that are, you know, helping people to expand their consciousness, to connect with energy, to, to heal whatever needs to be healed. I never think and, about it, I guess. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know. But, yeah, um, no, you totally are. You hundred percent are. Yeah. That's right. Cool. So, so, I mean, someone might watch this podcast and they'll go, Oh, I wonder if I'm, I wonder if I am an experiencer. Like I literally no word of a lie doing all this work for years, doing regressions with people never thought that I was one of those people. And I still like, I still kind of go, is this real? Like, can this really be true? Like this is, it's crazy stuff, but it's fascinating and it's very, very eye-opening. It's very, very heart opening as well. Yeah. Well, can you tell everybody how to get a hold of you and, and, and thank you for doing this and uh, how they can, if they want to get a regression, how they can find you and I'll put yeah. whatever links you want me to put in the description as well. I'll probably yeah, post yeah, this tomorrow. Sure. But- yeah. My, my website is um, clearpathhealing.com. Um. My name's Fiona. If you type in, if you Google Fiona Harris past lives, I'll come up right away as well, but it's clearpathhealing.com. And yeah, we'll put a link in for that. Um, I'm kind of like, I'm not super expensive. I'm actually like cheaper than a lot of hypnotherapists. So, you know, I just, I don't really charge by the hour. I just charge by the session. Um, And we stay in the session until we, you know, get the client where they need to be. So, and also too, if you even just have questions about it, if you're not sure if you want to do it, but you want to tell me something, 
I love talking to people about this kind of stuff. I always message people back, especially if they have a story, right? So feel free to contact me through my website. Um, you can even just email me at fionaharris.ca or sorry, fionaharris at live.ca. Um, so either way, yeah. Yeah, I'm right, totally well, Thanks, Fiona. I'm, it was nice yeah. talking to you again. And um, so I'll send you a link when I post this tomorrow. Yeah, do that. And let's and let's get together really soon. And like, let's do some work together for fun. Sounds good. Do a regression. All right. I'll talk. Have, to, have a great night. OK.